is a licensed cereal that's having its gold anniversary the answer to changing the future of a legacy sports nutrition brand as i normally do with these quarterly breakdowns for functional cpg publicly traded companies i will be utilizing the earnings report the earnings conference call any kind of publicly disclosed information and in this case it's Bellring Brands Fiscal 2021 Quarter 1 and I'll be using this as the backdrop to provide some insights and valuable information to the convenient nutrition categories be that liquids be that bars or be that powders while I'll be diving deep again on the premier protein brand within Bellring Brands that now makes up about 84% of the portfolio's total revenue. I will be kind of changing gears at the end of this video and adding a lot more insights and information commentary around the Dimetize Nutrition brand, which will kind of answer that question that I posed at the introduction of the video. But let's kind of dive into Bellring Brands fiscal year 2021 quarter one earnings and they had net sales of 282.4 million dollars that was up 16 percent year over year but it was flat on a quarter over quarter basis and let's take that sales number and break it down by brand premier protein the net sales of that brand like i said 84 percent of the total portfolio's revenue that was up 17 percent year over year they had volumes up 22%. If we only take the protein RTD number, that was up 18% year over year, and that associated volumes were up 23% year over year. Dimatized Nutrition had another up quarter. Their sales number was up 16% year over year. Their volumes were up 10% with strong numbers coming from e-commerce, club account, mass, but those were offset by the international markets. And then the Power Bar, Supreme Nutrition, and Joint Juice combined kind of other, those sales were down 11.2% year over year. Now, if we take the sales by product, protein RTDs make up 82% of the portfolio's revenue. Ready-to-mix powders are 13% of the revenue. And then nutritional bars and then another category is 5% of the revenue. Now, sales by channel, club makes up the majority of the sales at 58%. That is dropping a little bit in the last couple of quarters as they've strengthened in a few other channels, primarily the food drug mass channel. That now makes up 22% of the total revenue. E-commerce has also been strong. That's 11% of the portfolio's revenue. Specialty makes up 7% of the revenue. And then there's an kind of other channels together make up 2% of the revenue. Looking at this from US and international, by far, this is still a domestic US brand portfolio. 89% of the revenue comes from the United States and then 11% come from international markets. Now I wanna take a little bit deeper of a dive like I do normally with the Premier Protein RTD shakes. Overall, the RTD liquids category of the convenient nutrition category has shown strong growth and trending significantly above historical growth rates. This has helped Premier Protein see strong growth across all major track channels, including Grocery, which was up 69%, Mass, which is up 30%, Club, which is up 14%, and Drug Channel, which is up 5%. 
digital sales, they had e-commerce that grew close to 121% year over year. And then over the last 52 weeks, e-commerce has continued to hold strong at a growth rate of 157% year over year. Now looking at some consumption trends for the Premier Protein RTDs, they saw monthly incremental consumption gains. Those were up 28% year over year. The growth in the RTD liquids category of convenient nutrition in the strength of the Premier Protein brand has helped grow distribution points to company records in the recent quarter. Total distribution points, or TDPs, continue to grow up 17% from the previous quarter with strong results in food, drug, and mass channels. Household penetration for Premier Protein is at 7% an increase of 18% year over year. The brand continues to have strong upside with household penetration of 24% in the RTD liquids category of convenient nutrition. Premier Protein's market share continues to grow to 18.4% of total RTD liquids category of convenient nutrition. Bellring Brands did kind of mention some margin softness in this quarter. It kind of similar to what I had with the last video their gross margins for the quarter were 32.5 percent that was down 490 basis points year over year why there's pressure on their margins is coming kind of twofold partly because of rising input costs on the milk protein side so the commodity cost of that has been going up they also had increased freight charges during that last quarter with a lot of things happening with like holiday shipping, e-commerce, just moving around those heavy liquids that did cost them more money. And then they had a lower average net selling prices and that was from like increased promotional activities. And Bellring Brands has been pretty straightforward in mentioning that right now because they believe there's a land grab of this growing category of the liquids specifically the liquids part of the convenient nutrition category, they are willing to sacrifice a little bit of margin up front to make sure that they can get market share. Bellring Brands also announced some portfolio restructuring, I guess you can call that. Firstly, wanted to mention that in December of 2020, they did decide to discontinue the Supreme Protein, Supreme Nutrition brand. They also went through some trimming of human capital in their Munich, Germany office. And they also closed their facility in Dallas, Texas, which was the Diamondized Nutrition's headquarters. Now that kind of brings up the topic of Diamondized Nutrition that I did want to focus on. Over the last several years, Diamondized Nutrition and Premier Protein have kind of blended a little bit together in the US market as the sports nutrition category has evolved into the active nutrition category. So a lot of the consumer profiles, a lot of the channels in which the products are sold in, a lot of the products that are most desirable have all kind of changed. And this is not unlike what we've seen in the Glamby Performance Nutrition portfolio as well. Diamondize has been battling legacy thoughts of the sports nutrition industry of yesteryear. And they've taken some time to really kind of get their footing and understand what combinations are best in terms of products, in terms of channels, different strategies within that brand to make sure that it does stand apart, but also gets some portfolio benefits from Premier Protein. And if you remember, Diamondized Nutrition up until recently really was just a specialty only product, 
specialty only channel in which it was sold. So as that channel has really deteriorated and fragmented and fractured even more, they've had to reinvent themselves. They've had to transform themselves and it's taken a little bit of time. Diamatize has had, I think now two quarters in a row of pretty strong results up you know, 15-ish percent year over year over the last two quarters. If you strip away this quarter's international softness in terms of those markets and just looked at the domestic business, Diamondtize was up 35% year over year, so a very strong quarter. They had distribution gains in the food drug mass channel of 38% quarter over quarter, so they're gaining a lot of both new distribution and creating a ton of velocity on shelf to warrant that space and actually gain more space. And a big driver of the success could be the result of the pebbles effect. This is actually the 50th anniversary of the very first cereal that was ever born out of a licensing agreement. The unique at the time agreement between Post Holdings and the owner of the Flintstones cartoon brand created a cereal named after Fred and Wilma Flintstones daughter Pebbles. This is why you're seeing so many Pebbles licensed products this year, such as Pebbles flavored International Delight Creamers, Pebbles Ice Cream, Pebbles Candy Bar, Pebbles Crisps, and a Pebbles Duncan Hines Cake Kit. Pebbles has outlasted many kind of cartoon themed cereals over the years, although today's children probably think of Pebbles really just as a cereal brand and not necessarily as a cartoon because the cartoon IP and just the different projects that the Flintstones cartoon has been involved in over the last couple of decades has been pretty low. So though the sweet cereal's target audience might be still the cartoon loving kind of children demographic, you look at a lot of these licensed products that they came out with and they are really geared towards the nostalgia and really geared towards like millennials, older millennials, maybe even Gen Xers that are trying to still get a taste of their childhood past, but maybe in a better product category or something that's a little bit different than the sugary cereal because I don't know too many children that are picking up a Pebbles flavored coffee creamer or a pebbles flavored protein powder and this kind of brings up why this works particularly with the protein powder is the, the target customer of Dimatize might not necessarily still be eating the sugary cereals as often anymore but they can still have that fruity or cocoa pebble experience without any guilt with Dimatize, 60% of the growth is coming from distribution increase and 40% from velocity. And they noted a lot of that velocity is coming from pebbles and the excitement there. And this kind of further proves out a theory that's been going on over the last couple of years in the active nutrition, sports nutrition category, where you pull from nostalgia of licensed flavors. These have done extremely well, and you're seeing competitors like Ghost Lifestyle or even the retailer GNC really lean in even heavier in this department, launching a ton of licensed flavor collabs. So it begs the question, did this reinvigorate the diamondized nutrition brand? Like what's the runway left of this brand? I honestly think over the next 
four to five years, they can really be looking at a 10 to 20% growth rate year over year. That's gonna be coming from them really getting more opportunities to be on shelf at some of these large retail channels, also growing in the e-commerce set and being able to continuously get that velocity that they need on shelf. So will the brand double in size? I think yes, but it's gonna be something where you're gonna see that maybe in 2025. If we look at what Bellring brand portfolio could look like in 2025. I really think it sets up like this. You have Premier Protein that's still the biggest brand in their portfolio. I think that's going to be about a $2 billion brand in 2025. I think at that point then you do have two M&A acquisitions that they're going to kind of slot into there. I think the first one would be somewhere around that $500 million range in revenue. That's going to be of a plant-based type brand. And then I think you're going to have a second brand that's going to be somewhere around that $300, 350 million dollar brand. I think that's probably going to be a food better for you or functional food that maybe has the opportunity to come a platform brand similar to Premier Protein, but that has more of a niche kind of customer base. They could also go after somebody that has like a breakfast kind of occasion leaning portfolio of products. Maybe even something like a Kodiak Cakes could work out for them there. I think breakfast really makes sense because their owner still Post Holdings has a really strong understanding of the breakfast occasion. But that also means that Post Holdings would have to give up that acquisition for themselves. They might be greedy. They might want that one for themselves. And then I think the fourth biggest brand in that portfolio will be Diamondized Nutrition in 2025, which will be around that $200 million revenue range. So is that bold to kind of say that, you know, in the next four, five years, we'll go from about a $1.1 billion brand portfolio up to a $3 billion brand portfolio? Yes, but I think they do make a good chunk of that, about 30 or 40% of that is going to come from acquisitions. And just talking about acquisitions, I think the recent growth of Diamondized Nutrition really shifts their kind of need to move as fast as possible there. I think it's a nice to have, not a we need to have this type of a environment now. Diamondized has given them a little bit of breathing room to find the right deals over needing to find any deal to keep their growth rate going. But only time really will tell how this will play out. But Bellring Brands, I think, will certainly be an interesting brand portfolio to pay attention to in the near term.